0: Everyone, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery and I am so glad you're here. We're in for a real treat today, for Dorenda Wilson is joining us. Dorenda is a veteran homeschool mom of eight with over 25 years of homeschooling experience, so she definitely knows what she's talking about. Plus, She's one of those people who you just wanna hang out with. Wise, caring, always a lot of fun. So you are going to enjoy our show today so much. Dorinda has a brand new book that is coming out today called The 4-Hour Homeschool Day. And I'm so excited for us all to hear from her about that. So without further ado, let's dive right into my conversation with Dorinda Wilson. Well, Dorinda, I am so glad that you are here with us today. Um, it is it is always a joy to talk to you. In fact, it's kind of evidenced by the fact that we were chit-chatting on the phone for quite a while before we turned on record <laughs> that you are just one of my favorite people to talk to. So welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. And yeah, I love chatting with you as well. Just, we, we have kindred, spirits for sure (laughs) yes
0: yes yes it's it's definitely one of those relationships where it's just very easy so um, I'm excited to let you share your heart with with the families out on the other end here today as well so before we dive into anything you have something very exciting happening today and I cannot wait to tell everybody about it so give us a little headline on that
1: well today Uh, The 4-Hour School Day is launching. This is my first book that was published by a publisher. My other two books were self-published, so Zondervan has published this book, and I am so excited. It's been about a two-year process, but in reality, about a 30-year process. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Isn't that the truth?
1: It really is. Yeah.
0: So you, you homeschooled all eight of your children and yes, everybody out there, I said eight. (laughs) Um, So what advice do you have for parents who are just starting to homeschool, but also, and actually even, you know, for, for our audience, even maybe more important, a lot of us have been homeschooling for a long, a long time, but there's frustration out there. And, and I don't know if, if, Those that are kind of veteran and tuning in now would look at the four hour homeschool day and think, oh, yeah, I definitely need to pick that up. So I want you to tell them why they definitely need to pick that up. Well, I think, you know, you
1: mentioned what would I what advice I would have for parents who are just starting to homeschool or considering mm-hmm. it. I think I would say the same thing to those who are veteran homeschoolers, because we need to be reminded uh, over and over again why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and I think one of the biggest things I, I know I had to remind myself of along the way was just to relax and to trust mm-hmm. the in this process because we are, as parents, more qualified than we realize when it comes to home educating our kids. Um, I'm just a firm believer that God has given these kids to us intentionally, and that our role in their lives is God-given. And therefore, because the role is God-given, He is going to equip us for it. Now, I realize that for the last hundred years or so, many families, most families have abdicated their education of their children to the school system or a form of school system. But at the end of the day, we are ultimately accountable and responsible to the Lord for what our kids take in and and what they experience and who we allow to speak into their lives. And so I would say Mm -hmm. my biggest encouragement is to relax um, and remember that you're more qualified than you realize. I always say he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And- The second thing I would say is ignore the naysayers. Um, At the end of the day, like I mentioned before, you're the one who's responsible for your kids, not your neighbor, not your friends, not your mother-in-law. You are responsible for them. And that doesn't mean that other people can't speak into our lives and give us counsel and and direction. But we need to be very, very careful um, who we are allowing to influence us when it comes to uh, home educating our our kids and raising our children um this oh, is absolutely this yeah. is why we're the parents this is why God made us the parents he said here these children I'm going to give them to you and and then he's and then he's going to equip us to do what we need to do to raise and to raise them for him and to disciple them and that includes their education um yep. also remember that there are going to be hard seasons but they're typically just seasons. So don't give up. You know, I always say, you know, when parenting gets hard, we don't give up parenting, right? We we figure it out, put on our pants or big girl pants or big boy yep. pants <laughs> move forward and we problem solve we go to the Lord we go to our spouse we you know seek wisdom maybe with um, an older you know person at church that we respect um, do the same thing when we're when we're homeschooling it's it's no different um, and then see home education as an adventure not to lose the joy of spending time with your kids I think for me whenever I began to not enjoy my kids I knew something was awry. You know, yes. and so I say, okay, Lord, I'd step back, hit the pause button, God, what's going on here? Sometimes it was me. I just had a stinky attitude. And yes. other times it was I was allowing the children to get away with more than I should. And I didn't realize I had been doing that. And then I have to pull the reins back in and pull the boundaries back in. And um, and then to experienced homeschoolers, you know, I just always think it's healthy and essential to take a step back. And back. Yes. So As you would read through the four hour school day, you would be doing just that stepping back Mm. and just kind of getting a big picture view. We get caught up in the, you know, all the minutiae of the day to day um, because there's a lot, you know, there's a lot involved in homeschooling our kids. And this is why it's essential for us to step back and say, "God, would you just give me perspective? Give me that big picture again, so that I can remember what's important and I can live out my, the priorities that you have laid on my heart." Because at the end of the day, I always say, "Be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods." You know, something oh, that's good isn't working. Um, that you're you're moving towards a goal, but that that that. Method isn't working. Pray about a different method, and and there might be some things, um, quite possibly in the four hour school day, that could give you uh, some of those those ideas. You know, a lot of times it just it's about getting the juices flowing, and and. Once the creativity is going and then and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, Lord, I see what you're wanting me to do. And then you can move forward with that. And so the four hour school day is really just a tangible reminder to stay true to what you believe is best for your kids.
0: Yeah. You know, we talk so much about taking time to plan and evaluate and this sort of thing. But we we fail to actually recognize the need of stepping back. You know, as your family grows, everything about your homeschool is going to change sometimes Mm -hmm. year to year. Mm -hmm. And if you just get if you're just planning to do the same thing and it's been working and so on, you're going to find yourself frustrated because your kids aren't the same, your situation, your Mm -hmm. activities, everything is different. And so taking the time, I I believe every year and sometimes multiple times a year to step back and reevaluate where God has your family at that moment and making those tweaks. The flexibility that we have as homeschoolers is one of the greatest gifts of this exercise of this adventure, like you noted. Um, So I love the fact that you're, you're really putting this out there and helping many, many people step back and rethink some of the things that they're doing and why, and if it still fits and all of those things.
1: Right. Right. And sometimes it is just a matter of persevering, you know, it's, it's really, but taking the time to step back and pray about it and think it through will help you be able to persevere because you'll realize, okay, we just need to keep, you know, keep putting one step in front of the other because there's a lot of plotting involved in homeschooling. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, you know, we- it
0: helps you. It helps you put that big mission, that big why, yes. back in its proper place, so that that plotting makes more sense. Absolutely. Goal, and sometimes we lose sight of that bigger goal in the minutia, like you noted earlier.
1: Right. Right. When we're in the midst of just being frustrated, you know, more often than not, then yes, then then we're our emotions are, especially for us as women, our emotions become a big part of it. We don't want to parent or make decisions based on emotion. Although emotions are good, we don't want to be uh, caught up in I guess you would call it sentimentalism where you know we've got to have all the good feelings all the time and we've got to, we're just going to re- react to our emotions but we want to be intentional. And right. but God does use our emotions to get our attention. So I believe that sometimes when we're feeling those strong feelings it's God saying, "Hey, Hey, over here! I think it's time for you to take a step back and, you know, pray about this and, and think this through. So,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you and I come together have homeschooled for many, many, many years. Uh, you're farther along even than I am, but um, we have both seen our kids grow up, graduate. We've seen really the impact that committing our lives to disciple and educate our children the way that we have really, really has. Um, but for those that are on the fence, they just come in for reasons that they never thought, you know, they would be living through for a lot of people right now. What what would you tell them to encourage them about kind of what lies ahead? What are the lifelong advantages or benefits for your family for actually going on this adventure of home
1: education? I think one of the greatest benefits, obviously, the, the number one benefit is the opportunity to truly disciple our children, because discipleship mm. takes and if our children are gone from us eight hours a day, five days a week, realistically, that is not a discipleship scenario. Yeah. And, yep. so that's the first thing I would say. And Deuteronomy speaks to that very clearly when it talks about, uh, you know, teaching and passing these principles on to our kids um, when we rise up and when we sit down and we walk along the way. You can just sense the discipleship relationship there. So I would say that that's uh, the number one thing. The thing that I really um, am so incredibly thankful for in hindsight, as we've graduated seven of our eight kids, is the strong family ties Mm -hmm. that our family has and the bond that our children have. And that didn't come just automatically. That came... Time together and being intentional about nurturing those relationships. That means taking time along the way when there was, you know, conflict that really needed to be addressed between two or three or more of them and, and <laughs> talking about peacekeeping and what does it look like to treat other people the way you want to be treated, you know, just all the things that the New Testament talks about when it talks about how we're supposed to each other as the body of Christ, we get to teach our kids in family life. It applies to family life. And so as we're walking along and we're encouraging those relationships and we're making family important um, for us, dinner time Mm -hmm. together every night was a must pretty much a hundred percent of the time. And I love about what I've seen happen Um, because of that commitment is our kids are so bonded. Our kids, they love each other. They've almost created like their own peer pressure between the two, you know, healthy pressure between them. They care about what each other thinks, but they all have a high, you know, standard um, that they're comparing to. And so it's just, it's just so fascinating. You know, the other day, um, our daughter, son-in-law, um, another daughter, they all went with some friends. They went kayaking. They're always doing things together if mm-hmm. they're if they're close by each other. Um, five of them are here where, where we live now and three are scattered across the country. But um, mm-hmm. when the, those other kids do come home, it's just like they never left. And they yes. sit around the fire pit and they talk about the crazy things they did as kids. And remember, I mean, literally tears running down their faces. They're laughing mm-hmm. so hard. And there's just this bond that will never go away. And, and so that was just, that was such a, that has been such a blessing. Um, and then the fact that they still like us, I really appreciate yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Absolutely.
0: And it goes countercultural because they're not supposed to from everything I'm reading.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. And the interesting thing is I always tell people because, you know, I think people can get the idea that it's sort of an unhealthy attachment. It's not. Mm -hmm. I always say my children, our children care what my husband and I think, but not more than they should. Right. They're still very independent. They make their own decisions. We are now our role in their lives is different. We are, you know, our role is loyalty and support and prayer. That's our yep. role right now. And so there, we've made that shift. And, um, you know, that can be a little bumpy, but it, you know, it, we've done it. We've moved over to that. It's just a beautiful thing to see. And so the strong family life, the thing that's interesting about building a strong family life um, as you're home educating your kids is that they learn so much from that. Yes. It is a big part of their education, the whole idea of healthy relationships. Our kids are going to have relationships the rest of their lives. So. You know, the fact that they're learning what a healthy, biblical, godly relationships look like at home serves them well when they go out into the world. It serves them well. well. Yes. Yes,
0: absolutely. And we are able to from the time they're very young, really position those relationships too and help them understand that that your sister is the friend you were born to have this right. is god created this bond and you know that's something that i think a lot of people just take for granted and then right. they're surprised when their siblings aren't close and they they just fight well you know, they're building a life with other people all the time. And the sister's just an annoyance because she's four years younger or whatever. Exactly,
1: exactly. And that's why I encourage parents to be intentional about the time that their kids spend together. It can be very easy to let your child play with the neighbor kid that they get along with um, rather than saying, no, you've played with them enough this week. You need to spend some time with your siblings. Yep. You know, I think that's just, we've got to make that a priority. But again, strong family life, the chores, they're doing chores alongside of each other. They're, they're learning a work ethic as well um, they're learning teamwork i mean all of these things that just need to be done every day are actually a huge part of our kids education and so no i think no
0: question yeah,
1: yeah so that i think that's something that the the book communicates very strongly and clearly
0: well that's awesome and you even you mentioned the fact that Um, you know, we're sending our kids as a culture, we're sending our kids out for eight, 10, whatever hours a day, and then there's homework and all this other stuff. But but that really brings up the question, if it takes eight or more hours in a traditional brick and mortar school to actually get through all that they're getting through, how on earth are you proposing that the same quality education be done in four hours?
1: Well, I'm proposing an even crazier idea that four (laughs) hours actually for high schoolers, not for a kindergartner, first or second grader. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so um, the reason that I can confidently say that is a traditional classroom has 25 to 30 kids. Now right. you can imagine the number of interruptions that go on in a classroom. And I have spoken to countless teachers and asked them how much learning time actually happens in the classroom. And they said it is a fraction of the time mm. that they are there. That alone should convince you that you can do this. But the other thing is that you um, you've got this low student teacher ratio, which they say is one of the very top things that makes for a positive and successful educational experience. So check that box. Right. Even (laughs) if you've got eight kids, it's still way smaller than a traditional. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And then also you get to choose. Curriculum and approaches that actually work for your kids. You know, um, just a quick, easy, simple example. Five of our eight kids were boys, so they needed a lot of breaks. They needed physical breaks from the schoolwork. Um, and so we, they'd go out and jump on the trampoline for fifteen minutes between math and English. You know, yep. uh, ride their bike, do whatever they needed to do. I could gauge as a mom how are they doing today. We all have bad days, right? So some days our kids it's just not working. Math right. isn't happening. And we can say, you know what? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Shut the book, move on to the next thing. We're, we're good. We'll, we'll hit this tomorrow. Exactly. And all of a sudden they're not a failure and they're not an interruption when it comes to, you know, in a classroom, that's what they would be labeled that as more than likely as an interruption. My kids, some of my kids love to read upside down on the couch. That is not an <laughs> option. And, room. You know, some of them needed music. Some of them needed quiet. They could be at the dining room table. They could be cozy in front of the fire on the floor in the living room. They could be on the couch. They could be upside down. Like I mentioned, they could be sitting on a medicine ball, playing with something in their hands if they needed something going on in order to, to learn. So, I mean, the, the benefits are just limitless. The flexibility is really uh, amazing when it comes to homeschooling. And so when you can do all of those things, um all of a sudden it's it's so much more efficient and so yes. much more effective all at the same time
0: yeah i i tell the story a lot of you know my boys when they were younger to sit them down and do a worksheet a, a simple math worksheet could sometimes take hours and tears and frustrations and you know i'm about to lose my mind on them and they're about to lose their mind in general right well, it's because <laughs> They are sitting there fighting wars and chasing squirrels and doing everything in the world except focusing on this worksheet. Well, then I discovered if I let them put it on a clipboard and just walk around, they can get it done in like 20 minutes. So actually giving your, your kids and yourself the flexibility to lean into their natural bends, it, it keeps you from trying to, to put those square pegs in round holes. It allows you to, to actually tailor make it. Uh, like you were noting before, which removes those friction points throughout your day and makes it so much more beneficial, so much more efficient and and brings a lot more joy to your family than fighting battles battles that you just don't need to
1: be fighting. Exactly. Exactly. I love what John Taylor Gatto said. He said there are as many ways to educate as there are fingerprints. Yep. And I think we have to be careful whether you're thinking about homeschooling new to it or, or already homeschooling. It's really always cautionary to let people know, resist the urge to bring the traditional classroom home. Um, I think there are some good things that we can draw from, draw the positive from it. You know, I like some structure. I think some structure is important um, and and obviously some direction. But what we don't want to do is just try to implement something at home that just isn't going to work. That isn't the reason we're doing what we're doing. We're taking them out because it's not working for our child. And we um, so we we don't want to bring that back home. Um, But at the same time, you know, I love. I love to look at homeschooling, a homeschooling day as a wonderful balance of uh, some directed learning and some self-directed learning. I think those both just go beautifully together and it allows our children the freedom um, that they need. And then it, it, it gives us some, you know, the flexibility to you know to be able to home educate without losing our minds right <laughs> well exactly
0: exactly so if if you were to debunk one myth about home education you may have already started down this road talking about it but what would you really really love to to help free people from as, as a myth about homeschooling?
1: Well, I, there are a couple that I'd like to address if I can. The first is oh, obviously it does not have to take seven hours a day. And I think we kind of covered that just just yeah. a few minutes ago. But socialization, I think, is something that uh, parents are often, that's the first thing that comes to their mind because that's what they've heard over and over again. What about socialization? And it's just not... I feel like it's just not really a great argument anymore. No. <laughs> like, I don't know I mean,
0: how anybody makes that argument. I, I don't
1: anymore. know either. You know, and you probably like me after this many years of hearing it, I just have to be really careful how I respond to people because <laughs> over <laughs> Loving gracious. Right. I, to, I just, Lord, please give me patience. Yep. Because <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I can honestly say that most homeschooled kids are the most social kids yes. I've ever met. And the reason is because they have so socialized with people very from very young ages to very old ages f- mm-hmm. all along. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I always think, I know technically there's not a difference, really a big defining difference as far as the dictionary goes between socialization and socializing, but I like to define it as two different things. Socialization is about conformity. Socializing is what we're thinking of when we think of just normal learning to have a conversation with people, talking on the phone, communication, that kind of thing. Um, And that's something that we just, we model for our kids as we walk along. And as they go with us places, we go to the grocery store, we go to the post office, we go to the library, they watch how we interact and they pick up. Most of that is caught not yes. talked, and so uh, I just think that we we have to, at the end of the day, um, recognize that we also live in a very social world. We've got, we've got the internet. We've got all these different ways that we can connect with people and communicate with people. So I really, at the end of the day, unless. You know, I, I know that there could be some challenges for uh, maybe both parents are introverts and their child is an introvert or both parents are introverts and a child is an extrovert and they struggle with how much do I let this child right. out. So my 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 gauge is kind of, uh, this is kind of what we did when the children were younger. They really, uh, Dr. Raymond Moore always says that the best companions are the parents in those mm-hmm. early years because we're building character. And we want them, we, we walk alongside of them and we're paying close attention. We're keeping a real, it's like growing a little seedling, right? In a greenhouse. You have mm-hmm. to- attention to that seedling you have to go out there every day they require a lot from us in the beginning if we want to grow strong healthy roots but as they grow and they get the strong healthy roots and they become a strong healthy plant eventually we put them outside for a little bits at a time and then we put them permanently out in the garden that's a little bit at a time down the road so in the early years really parents are most more often than not the best companions the majority of the time for their children I'm not saying yes. they have a play date and they can't play or all of that, but you are really essential in those years. Um, then, as they start to get older, I feel like, um, especially when they hit the middle school years, they need more of that. It's part of their development. It's just yes. being able to talk to other kids their own age and 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 uh, talk. You know, I, I think it's just an important part of, of that stage of development. In between, you know, I felt, I always felt like church and, you know, getting together with friends and things like that. Just the normal things that a woman would do is totally adequate, you know? Um, And then of course there's the parent with the, with the one child Uh, that, that, that is definitely something to consider. You want to get them together with other kids and you have to work a little bit harder at that. But I think overall um, in a general sense, um, socialization is just not an issue for homeschoolers.
0: Yeah, I actually did a a video for our membership site two or three weeks ago where I interviewed. I took questions from our members and from others to my three graduated kids, and one of the questions was about socialization, which their initial reaction to was kind of to chuckle, right? Um, but then they were really really insightful. As um, one of them was noting that the way that he grew up has helped him so much in college because not only can he easily talk to anyone of any you know any age group whatever but it also has helped him learn to take what is said process it think through it you know that helped with his critical thinking skills right. it helped with his learning his his reading between the lines mm-hmm. all of those things mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. developed as he was growing up and it was incredibly impactful for me and and i think for all those who listened in to hear a, you know, a, a young man who is in college actually express that where he has picked up on that um, at, at his young age. He's already seeing the benefits of it. Right. Uh, so I, I hope that that's really an encouragement to many as well. What you're doing is going to pay off in ways that you would have never even thought to pray for.
1: Exactly. And that's been our experience as well. I have seen each of our kids as they've gone into jobs and careers and gotten feedback from them and even from many of their employers, uh, team team members, just how, uh, how good they are at teamwork and at healthy communication yes. and bringing a positive attitude into the workplace. You know where that started? That started at home. When someone had a stinky attitude about loading the dishwasher, and I nipped it in the bud and said, listen, if you have a bad attitude, that is like poison. It's going to affect the whole family. And what am I teaching there? Your choices affect the people around you. Now, how many young mm-hmm. people really use that? You know, as we look around us right now, clearly okay. <laughs> did not learn that. You can't, you can't make decisions without it affecting the people around you, and you always right. need to consider that. That's a huge life lesson, and that was learned in the kitchen, <laughs> out in the yard raking leaves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. All the things they didn't want to do, but exactly it was part of their responsibility. Yeah,
1: exactly, and part of their education.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, we are we're getting low on time, but I had a couple of other things that I wanted to bring up because I know that these are big concerns for people. And one of them is, you know, if if you have a child in high school and you've never homeschooled before, you're now really filling the draw. Um, you know, you're seeing what's happening in our schools, you're seeing what's happening in culture at large, and you just really feel like it's time to step in. Is it too late for them? Because I know that that is a massive fear. Have I waited too long? Can I possibly jump in now? What would you say to, to families in that situation?
1: I would say it is totally doable. If God is pricking your heart to do this, I I would encourage you to jump in. Yeah, it's it's a little frightening. I totally understand when it comes to high school because you really feel like you're kind of hitting it at the tail end. But the bottom line is that it is never too late. Yep. There are so many options to help make homeschooling through high school doable, and um, the thing that i love about homeschooling again is that high schoolers can typically finish in their bookwork in 4 hours a day or less so they have yes. time for hobbies internships apprenticeships and experiences and this is this part of homeschooling for us was such a fun adventure because our kids were old enough to be able to um, take on different, different experiences. For example, one of our sons said he wanted to be a physical therapist. And I said, well, that's awesome. What do you, you know, what do you like about that? I, am he goes, I really want to work with children. He loves kids and hmm. really wanted to help them heal and things like that. And I, I said, "Well, that's, that is a very, you know, I love that. I love that idea. And you'd be really good at it. So let's call a local physical therapy office and ask them if you can job shadow for the day. And he said, that sounds great. So I called him and it's amazing. These places, we've done this several times with our kids in different ways. um, And just ask them, Hey, I've got a high school who's really interested in your, what you do for a career. Um, Would you be willing to show them what you do? And they love it. Adults typically respond so positively. So don't be afraid to do that. That's just my little note of encouragement there. But we brought him in. He was there for the day and I picked him up and I said, so how'd it go? He goes, well, it went fine. And I said, well, what did you, what was your takeaway? He goes, I don't want to do that job. Mm -hmm. And I said, really? Why is that? He goes, I thought I was going to be able to work with patients 80% of the time, but 80% of this is paperwork. He said, I don't want to do paperwork all day. Now imagine if he had chosen that career, gone to school for seven years, been in debt and then started doing something he ultimately hated doing. So this is what we can do with our kids as we walk alongside them in high school, is give them as many experiences as possible. And if we're only spending four-ish hours a day on schoolwork, we can do that and yep. just really give our kids a leg up and walking alongside of them, coaching them, encouraging them, and uh, to just learn to hear the Lord's voice. And to by, by then we, we have a pretty good idea of some of the things they are interested in. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes past high school and that's okay too. But at the end of the day, our uh, walking alongside of them through that is is going to be such a benefit to them. And if you're if you decide to do this, um, I think it's really great to try to have your teen on board with the change and mm-hmm. involve them in the process. Talk about why you're uh, wanting to do this and get their feedback. Listen to what they have to say. Listen to uh, what they like about school, what they don't like about school, what they'd like to do differently, anything that they would like to study or pursue that they haven't had a chance to. And just start to let them process with you and give them choices. And then um, as you're having these conversations, you're going to be casting a vision beyond the temporary. So instead of being overly concerned about missing the prom, we're talking about long-term. And I think at the end of the day, our kids will grab a hold of that.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's also a great exercise for mom and dad to learn to trust the Lord in, in uncertain things. I know that even though we had been homeschooling leading into high school, there's still that, okay, God, do we continue? I had one that, because of athletics, had asked at one point to go to a public school. We had a a long conversation. We prayed together with him. We, He actually came out truly believing it was his call. And it was ultimately, but, but God had, you know, it was right. ultimately going to be ours, but but God took care of it. God, exactly. God also worked in his heart in the same way. And I think it's a great exercise for us parents to see God is working in our kids' hearts too. And let's let him work. Let's trust mm-hmm. him with our children and with their decisions and their hearts and all of these things, even as we are diligently following him. Him. and And that is not to say that there won't be times where you just have to say, this is what God wants us to do right um, because we're not dealing with perfect kids absolutely but we are dealing with a perfect God who will absolutely equip you like you noted earlier mm-hmm. to do what He's called you to mm-hmm.
1: do. Absolutely.
0: Well, Dorinda, what is before we kind of finish up here, what is really just one lesson that you would want readers to take away from the four hour school day with that big, really big takeaway that's going to make them run out and pick it up today since it breaks today?
1: I think just parents, I want you to understand how valuable your role is in your children's mm-hmm. lives and by providing safety, security, stability. Um, so that your kids can learn more easily and naturally is really, at the end of the day, what you're providing through home education. It's not about choosing the perfect curriculum. Um, Curriculum is important and it definitely plays a role, but it's not as much about choosing the perfect curriculum as it is about raising emotionally healthy, caring, contributing adults who are critical thinkers and problem solvers. And obviously for us as believers, the overarching Uh, theme is we want to raise disciples of Christ.
0: Amen. 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 Well, Dorinda, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Before we go, can you just tell us where everybody can find you? And then you also mentioned that you've been doing um, some Facebook lives recently. So tell us a little bit about that, because I have a feeling that a lot of people want to go back and catch some of those too. Sure.
1: Um, On my Facebook page, it's my author page, (laughs) Wilson. I am doing Facebook Lives on Tuesdays and I've been covering the different age groups that I cover in the book. Um, And so each week we're covering a different age group and I'm answering questions that uh, moms have given me or can give me in the moment at the live event and also giving away a free copy of my book, a signed copy Um, at the end of each of those events. And I'm also recording the audio version of those and putting them up on my podcast, the Dorinda Wilson podcast. And you can find me at DorindaWilson.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I assume that the four-hour school day is going to be available wherever people get their books.
1: Absolutely. Bookstores, all major online platforms. Um, You should be able to find it just about anywhere.
0: Fantastic. Well, Dorinda, it has been a joy as always. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And everyone else, we are so glad that you chose to hang out with us today. I will give you all of the links that she mentioned in the show notes that accompany this podcast, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help